Hey everybody, welcome to Movie Blast with Bob and Bax. I'm Bob. And I'm Bax. And we're the Movie Blast. What, 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 what? Man, that's us. Yep. So, Bax, we watched a film this week that you picked. Did um, I pick this one? I'm going to blame it on you. Yeah, the most in picture is called High Fidelity. Man. And it was a rewatch for me, and I have strong feelings. I have some feelings too. I'm I'm glad you have feelings, Bax. Uh, you want to hit me with those m- m- movie facts? Like first movie facts slash a question. Yeah, what's movie up? Fact. John Cusack plays the lead character in this film. Question mm-hmm. for Bob: Are you a John Cusack guy? Because for some reason, I thought that you were a John Cusack guy. Uh, yeah, I think like probably my favorite John Cusack film is Gross Point Blank. I think that one's really good. It's got Dan Aykroyd in it. My boy. Yeah, like when I was looking at John Cusack's resume of like every film that he's ever been in, he's been in 85 movies. That's crazy. He's Um, had a career. Oh, for sure. And he's been around a really long time. And like Say Anything, I think really like put him on the map. And he has managed to pick pretty good projects throughout the years. And yeah, so John Cusack, good work. Okay, cool. Because I remember like texting you and I was like, how is High Fidelity? And you let me know it might be worth a watch. And we watched it. But um, I digress. I can get to some more movie facts for us. All right. So um, this, this is a film from the year 2000. It was released on March 31st in 2000. It was shot on a budget of $30 million at the box office. It pulled $47 million. It was directed by, let's see how I do with this name, Bob, Stephen Frears. And um, it's based off a book that Nick Hornby wrote. There's a few people that have credits for the screenplay. There's a guy named Steve Pink, John Cusack, who, like we mentioned, is in it. DV, DeVincentis, DV, I hope you got your name right, if you're listening, and Scott Rosenberg. So um, all of them have screenwriting credits for this one. Yeah, I think um, Stephen Frears uh, made some TV movies, Back in the day, he made Dangerous Liaison and then uh, The Queen in 2006. Uh, So he's had an interesting career. He actually worked with Ian McKellen on a movie back in like 1982, which was kind of interesting to see. And uh, that was made for TV. And so I don't know if I even know if I could find it. Um, And then the book was by Nick Hornsby. um, And he did About a Boy, which is probably his most well-known book, I'd say. Um, yeah. Either that or High Fidelity. Those are the two that I actually know about. I mean, Bax, do you have any more movie facts or anything you want to say about the movie before I get into the synopsis? I mean, you could probably drop that spoiler alert on them. Okay. Um, so, if you don't stop now, um, I'm going to let you know that Barry, a.k.a. Jack Black's band, was called Sonic Death Monkey. They're the highlight of the film. That's the best part of the movie. Hands um, down. Yeah. So, uh, Jack Black, good job. Wonderful work. High Fidelity is a film recapping a man's failed relationships. The film's main plot revolves around the breakup between Rob, played by John Cusack, and his girlfriend, Laura. It also dives uh, deeper into his character and why his relationships fail by 
um, having him visit his ex-girlfriends. And he gives us the top five breakups of all time. So Rob owns a record store and has two employees that help him out. After his breakup with Laura, he rebounds with a musician played by Lisa Bonet. After that, he begins visiting his top five, his middle school first kiss, his high school girlfriend, his college girlfriend, and a woman he spent uh, time in between relationships with. They all basically let him know that Rob was the issue because he can't settle and he always sees other women that lure him away from his current relationship. Laura ends up leaving Rob for some yuppie named Ian, played by our boy, Tim Robbins. Super talented guy. Wonderful work. But when her dad dies, it brings them back together. Throughout the film, he's trying to get Laura back. When he finally does, he almost cheats on her again with a columnist from a music magazine. But she catches him in the act making a mixtape, and he finally decides that it's time to grow up. The film ends with them getting back together and her pushing him to grow up, uh, help release an album for two kids that try to steal from his shop, and he begins DJing again. And then Jack, Jack Black's band crushes it. They're super good. Absolutely. So that is High Fidelity, Aaron. Man, I think that's a super good rundown. Yeah. Um, so the I'm going to give you the synopsis kind of broken down a little different way. Yeah. So there's an A storyline, and then there's a B storyline, and then there's a C storyline. So the A storyline is him with Laura. And so it goes through the ups and downs of their relationship, her leaving him, them getting back together. The B storyline is the what he's doing while they're not together, and her relationship with Ian. So those two characters separated. And the C is actually the most interesting storyline of all, and that's what's happening at the record store, which I like the most, because you've got uh, both of the Dick and Barry and their storyline. And I think if there was more of that, I would have liked the film a lot more. Uh, totally agree. So, Bax, what did you hate about this movie? Man... I did not enjoy John Cusack's character in this film. And like you said, like he goes back to his past relationships and they all kind of let him know, like, you're not that good of a guy. Like we weren't the issue you were. And like me as the viewer, I was like, yeah, like I get it. Like, like I can see that, you know? Yeah. It's definitely a character study of Rob and about, what it is, what it's like being a guy um, and ha making poor decisions. And what do you, what happens when you decide to go with those base instincts, which is to continue to hop from girl to girl to girl and not settle down? Yeah. The grass is always greener. And you can always kind of look at like, oh, I wonder what it would be like with this person. Or I wonder what would happen if I did this. And he explores it. And he self-sabotages all of his relationships. Um, yeah. The things that I didn't like about Rob, um, and I mean, the, and this, to, the fact that you can make John Cusack, one of the nicest dudes, in my opinion, who's been in Better Off Dead and 16 Candles, like to take that guy who is such, um, we'll use wrestling terminology because you like it, such a face, and then yeah. turning him into he a heel in this movie, but a likable heel. 
Because I know when I first watched this, watched this in college, I was like, man, like this guy, I can actually like, yeah, the, these girls, yeah, they, they did him wrong. Like she went off and, and who is this Ian guy? Like I, I, I understood, but I was an angsty college kid. Like, but now looking at it with aged eyes, I can go ahead and go like, man, uh, well, you cheated on her. She was pregnant. She terminated her pregnancy and she loaned you four grand. Yeah. Like she's done so much for you and you're so ungrateful. It's just, it just bothers me. And so even though the movie has a happy ending where she gets back together with him, if I was her friend, I'd have been like, listen, Laura, don't. Ugh. And it's like, Laura's trying to get something going with this Ian guy. And he's like, is he stalking her? Cause I felt like he was stalking her. Uh, you mean John, you mean Rob? I felt like Rob was stalking Laura when Laura's trying to like hatch the new relationship with the Ian guy. Absolutely. Yeah. He ends up going out outside of Ian's new apartment cause he yeah. used to live above them. And then he's out there using a payphone in the rain calling her and he ends up basically like meeting up with her talking to her establish she would establish when he wouldn't be there and he would actually take the morning off of work to be there while she's packing up her things and it's like man that's kind of creepy like definitely just let her let her alone like let let her just go do her own thing what would you have done differently what would how, how could you change this movie to make it better for you um, like you touched on Jack Black, you know, being in the film and enjoying him. For me, he was the best part of the film, you know? And so like, and you also said at the record shop, like that storyline being enjoyable to you, I totally agree. If it was more of Rob's like employees at the record shop, like Dick and Barry just hanging out, if it was like clerks, but it's those guys at the record shop, I'd be way into it, you know? So, um, something I would do differently, have more of them. And there's a lot of lists going on. So they'll be like top five, this top five, this, but I don't feel like they really unpack the listing thing. Like I like the idea of guys that are into ranking things and having lists. Cause I like that. Like my friends that are into wrestling, I love to ask them like top five wrestlers that they're like right now, you know, we're like top five wrestlers all time. Stuff like that. I'm into it. But yeah, like the idea is cool. I just wish they would unpack that more. Yeah. I think like, because you're always saying who's the greatest, who's the greatest musician, who are these, who are the greats of a specific thing, like top five breakup songs, whatever it is. Like, I think, um, I think that's just a lot of how we communicate or are used to, like, I know I remember ranking a lot back in the day and I'd be like, all right, if I was going to be like five, top five movies, I would, I would know that list by heart. Cause I'd think about it. Like these are my, this is who I am. But now it's like we're oversaturated with how much is out there that it's hard to even rank. Top five shows right now for TV, Game of Thrones, Stranger Things. And those are like two big like titans. I mean, Firefly is always there for me because that's a great show. But yeah, there's nothing that like I Rick and Morty. That'd be my fourth. Um, yeah, but like I don't have that off the top of my head anymore because people don't talk like this now. So it's, it's, I feel like this is a time capsule of how people used to communicate. So I don't know for me personally, but if I was going to change something, I would probably 
um, keep the casting the way it is. Like, I think it was, a, I think it's a really solid cast of characters. And I even like Rob being in there, but having more screen time for Dick and Barry, that's awesome. I love that idea. But maybe show like what their what their home life's like. Like, give a little bit more to that C plot line. Because um, it's cool seeing them at the bar, like when they're meeting uh, Marita Sal, um, and we're do and they're doing that. Like, that's neat. I just wish there was, I also wish there were more of that. But um, one thing that I really loved was the fact that Barry, who like the whole movie is like, this is what my band's going to be like. And he comes out and he does Marvin Gaye. And I was like, that's a good reversal. Like, that's super cool. So. And he can sing. Absolutely. Yeah. Jack Black said awesome. Yeah. And like Rob's super skeptical. Mm-hmm. About his band, like Rob doesn't believe him, and he just lays it down. Yeah, it's a highlight. Absolutely. So, what was something uh, that you loved? Man, I liked. Um, so Jack Black was Barry, right? Mm-hmm. So the other guy that's hanging out at the record store, Dick. There's a yeah. scene in Dick is talking to um, a patron of the store, a lady, and they kind of bond over music. And there's kind of like an awkward, like nerdy romance that kind of blossoms there about. I think they talk about like how Green Day is influenced by this other band and he starts spinning this record of this other band and then somebody in the back's like, hey, is that Green Day? I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just um, that kind of plays in like what we're already saying, how we like those characters. And like the ending feels good. Like the ending's good. It just, I felt like three quarters of the movie was just kind of like cringing like, I don't like this guy and I'm not really feeling watching him, but you get to the last quarter and it's like, okay, like now I'm happy for him and Jack likes bands doing well. So yeah, the ending was good. It just took too long to get there for me. Yeah. Did you catch the evil dead Two reference when they were talking about, I haven't seen evil dead two yet. Yeah. So like that thing, when they bring up the fact that there's like a soundtrack to evil dead two and you're like, what are you talking about? And they like mix like evil dead Two and army of darkness references together. Like yeah. I didn't like that. Cause that's like one of my favorite franchises in the book. They're talking about reservoir dogs and that's why it has a great soundtrack. And so that's what makes sense. But for some reason they don't talk about reservoir dogs in this film, even though it's about music. I'm not sure why uh, maybe okay. it's a different production company or something like that. They didn't want to give like hype to reservoir dogs in high fidelity. Yeah. Maybe that's it. That's really interesting, though. That's a that's a good fun fact. Yeah. About like a difference. And the book's in is the book in London. Yeah. And this is in Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So they they moved it because it it was an American cast. It would have been interesting to see what this would have been like in London and having yeah. a different cast. Um, I like that Bruce Springsteen makes a cameo because, like, when I when I watched it and I was thinking about, it, I was like, it's a musician giving advice to Rob and that's where he'd pull that information from. So he's influenced by music and a musician is giving him that information. So I really liked, I liked that. That was kind of neat. And then like, I think my favorite part was actually the Tim Robbins uh, dream sequences when they're like having the business with Laura and like Rob's imagining it. It's really bothering him. And then also like when Rob is imagining the three different ways that, um, he'd, he'd handle Ian being in his store. I like that. That was really, that cool. was fun. Yeah. Um, and then the fourth wall breaking, I feel like only John Cusack can do that where he just talks directly to camera and he just chit chats and it doesn't take you completely out of it. 
but yeah, I thought that was really cool. Like when he talks about how to make a mixtape and how it's a really important, how it's a deeper process than people realize. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like, like that pacing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of the a lot of the breaks that he does, like it, it helps push the story forward. And it, and he's a storyteller. He's telling the story of his mistakes, and he's being really honest. And so, he's being honest and truthful about the events that happened. So he's painted in a bad light. So it's cool. Yeah. So Bax, do you have any final thoughts before we drop our grades? I want to give a shout out to Ethan because our friend Ethan likes to make mixtapes. Like he still burns CDs for people and lays them out. So, Ethan, I appreciate that you do that for your friends because I feel like it's a dying art. I feel bummed out that I never got one. I mean, you're just not around that often. But, like, the next time that you come through Michigan, I'm sure Ethan will have a disc ready for you. Maybe a few. He's maybe, like, three disc sets when we go to wrestling shows. Man, that's super cool. What does the internet think about this film? What's its grade on the internet? The internet's feeling it, man. Like, and I don't know if I made it clear. I wasn't really feeling it that much. But Rotten Tomatoes, 91% of the critics, positive review, and 90% of the general audience, positive review. Um, IMDb, it's rocking a 7.5, a, a 7.5. And I feel like on IMDb, like that's, that's strong, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, people are into it. Yeah, I, I didn't see it coming. I mean, I guess I shouldn't put it like that. Like, when I was going into it and I saw those ratings, I was just expecting it to be better going off that. So, what would you give it? Like, my personal grade? Yeah. I, I'll give it a C, you know, um, like really like average for me. It's not bad. Like, I'm not going to say it's bad, but I also, for me personally, I'm not going to say it's good. And just, I think like I was saying with the pacing, like the first like three quarters of it just kind of felt like a drag until you get to that last quarter and it's good. That's not enough for me to bump it up like to a B. Um, and I think Jack Black in his performance is probably bringing it from like, Maybe a D to a C. Maybe we'll say like, I don't know how to quantify it, but Jack Black is a really strong part of the film for me and a reason that I'm going to give it the C. Yeah. I'm going to give it a C plus. I think it's, it's not a bad movie. Maybe a B minus. Like it's not uh, the, it looks good. It sounds great. The music introduced it introduced me a lot to a lot of music when I watched it, like the beta band and stuff like that. Like, there's influence of like stuff I listen to, to even now. I heard about watching this movie, so I mean that's kind of cool. It's just the story didn't really I, the the main character's not likable, and if the guy that you're investing in isn't likable, for me it's really hard for me to overcome that. And now that I'm older and I'm not in college anymore, and I can't really relate to him making all these choices because I wouldn't make them. Um, yeah. So I'm saying C plus B minus. I feel like you dropped a really good, like Toulon didn't read there about like, if you can't enjoy the protagonist that this whole film was centered around, it's going to be a hard time enjoying the film. At least yeah. in my opinion. Totally agree. Yeah. I think that's a good summary point. All right, Bax. So if you're looking for other podcasts, go over to GameZillaMedia.com. You'll find GameZilla, which is current gaming. You'll find Legend of Retro, which is old school video games. And then you'll find Noobs and Dragons, which is Dungeons and Dragons. And then you'll find Last Action Podcast, which is focusing on action movies. Hmm. So Bax, how can they engage with us? Man, if you would like to connect with us and talk to us about movies, which we would love. And also, if you're listening, thanks for listening. I just want to throw that out there really quick. 
um, Gamezilla, like Bob was just talking about, they actually have a Discord. So if you come by the Discord, you can find me there, Bob there. Any nerdy interest you have, there's going to be people in the Discord that share that interest and would be down to conversate with you about it. And you can also find us on Instagram at Movie Blast Podcast. That's us on the gram. Come by, drop us a like. Um, if you, we'd really appreciate it. If you do leave us a comment, we're going to like the comment and reply to it. If you drop us a DM, we're going to respond to your DM. We would love to engage with you in the Discord or on the gram. We like talking to people about movies. That's it. Thanks for listening again. Yeah. Hope see you. See ya. Movie blast, movie blast, movie blast. Movie blast, movie blast, movie blast. With Bob and Bax.